Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome back to Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition. Today is not the February the 11th, it is the February 18th. Oops. Let me fix that. <laughs> Coming at you live <laughs> in the past. Exactly. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. And today I have Eric Peterson with me. Thank you for joining me. Absolutely. Thanks for having me back. Cool, cool. So uh, first of all, i just like to thank our sponsor, Order Solutions. Uh, a lot of people are living in legacy hell, and Order Solutions' main charter this year is to help you get out of the chains of your monolith and modernize today. So if you guys need help with that, uh, reach out to us. We're available um, through Slack, through our conference, into the box, and we also do training online and in person. So Order Solutions can help you, whether it's training or even uh, helping your team with supplemental teamwork so uh, we're there to help and if you want to reach out we'd be happy to talk to you guys about that so thank you order solutions for uh, making this possible okay so news and events let's get into the the important stuff so we have a new orders webinar announced right this uh a week from thursday we have john clausen giving us a getting started with CFML containers. So this is going to be talking about uh, Docker, Docker Swarm. You might even throw in some Kubernetes. Um, John is our resident expert on containers, especially with CFML. So you'll be learning from the best. Yep, for sure. Uh, I've seen some proof of concepts he's been doing with the Kubernetes stuff. Uh, we're doing a lot of work with that. So I'm curious how much will be in there. And for those of you who don't know, John's actually leading our um, containerization workshop at Into the Box. So this might be a good sneak preview into what you can expect there. And maybe if you guys like it, you can sign up for the workshop too. So uh, looks like that's next Thursday, 11 a.m. Eastern, so 8 Pacific. Um, nice early morning one for us there. Yeah, if you head to the Order Solutions blog at ordersolutions.com, you can get a link to sign up for the webinar, and we'll see you there. Yep. Very cool. Um, also, for those who care about podcasts, if you're watching or listening, you probably do. We just launched our newest podcast in the Modernizer Die podcast family, the Conference Edition. So uh, this podcast is basically... Uh, just gives us the ability to dive in a little deeper on conferences. Obviously, we talk about this, uh, the conferences on the, the news podcast itself, but we don't get a chance to really talk to the organizers or the workshop uh, trainers or the speakers and find out more about what they're doing. And so I think this podcast would be a good opportunity to, to really get you more information about that, right? Right. And I believe you have one episode out already with Senor Luis Mahano. Yep. Um, so he's obviously the, the founder, the organizer behind Into the Box. So I had a chat with him about, you know, where Into the Box started from and why we even have our own conference and sort of how it's grown and evolved and uh, what you can expect this year. So uh, that episode is already out. Uh, we're available on YouTube, Spotify, uh, a lot of the other podcast players. iTunes is coming soon. We got to wait for the whole process. So <laughs> give it a little while and we'll be there too. So yeah. I'm excited, uh, Gavin, to interview for that podcast. I know you got me coming up soon so I can tell everybody why they should come to the quick workshop. Yep. So the, the next few podcasts you'll be seeing out on that um, one will be all the workshop trainers, basically. So myself, Luis again, uh, Eric, Brad, John, uh, Michael, and we'll even get Charlie. Um, he's a non-autist, but he's doing a workshop too. So we're going to get everybody talking about their workshop and why you should sign up for them. And then we'll be interviewing some speakers too. So you will get a selection of speakers that you can find out more about their session. So when you're going into the box, which you all should be doing, uh, you'll know which sessions to go to which one's not to go to <laughs> quick you want to come to quick 
Yep. So if you want to, <laughs> you can go to conference.modernizeordie.io right now. Uh, there's a link there to the YouTube channel if you'd rather watch the YouTube version, which is video, which looks all cool and snazzy. Thanks to Esme and Sonia, our awesome designers. But yeah, so that's out and expect a lot more content coming soon. Awesome. Well, uh, last week, Ordisher had a frenzy of product updates that we wanted to talk about. Yep. Um, Luis got find... inspired, as he says. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can find all of these uh, release notes on the Order Solutions blog, but we'll highlight them very quickly here. Uh, the first one up, CV Security 2.2 has been released. Yep. Uh, the biggest thing is under the hood, we swapped the JWT library to gain some capabilities in the algorithms for signing. Uh, so you can check out that on the Order Solutions blog or on Forgebox. Yep, very cool. And then CB Validation 2.x was released as well. Um, so CB Validation has been around for a long time, but uh, we've done a lot of work to it lately. We're improving uh, a lot of different pieces in it to try and make it more more modern, but also just help your workflow a lot better too. So um, it's been updated and the documentation has been completely rewritten. So there's a new Autos book for Coldbox validation now. And I know, I think you had a couple of features that you asked for that got added into this one correctly. Yeah, some um, simple ones of required if and required unless, uh, as well as a unique validator that doesn't depend on CBORM. So yes, because that's right. Because Quick doesn't use CBORM under the covers anywhere. So uh, nope. So it's nice to have that outside of CBORM. So right, very cool. So it's a good release, and the docs uh, it they sorely needed an update, and they look <laughs> great now. So you can get that at uh, coldbox-validation.ordersbooks.com or if you just go to ordisbooks.com, you will see all of our products there that have our Git book documentation. So. Yep, that's a cool page. There's a lot of docs. I forget how many books we have until you go there. Also, Mementifier 2.x was released. So um, it's uh, a big step for the Mementifier module. And if you don't know who it or what it is, it's basically a module that transforms your business objects into native CFML data structures with rocket speed. So basically it gives you a way to, to transfer those objects and make them into like a, a struct. We use this a lot of times in APIs to be able to say, hey, we've got this user object, give me a, a memento of that object. And so it'll bring back all the fields and adjacent format for you. So you can do something with it. And then you can pass it settings as well. So when you say get memento, you can say include classes or, or don't include this or include that. So it's dynamically created. It's, GraphQL like as far as you tell it what you want and it'll give you what you need. Um, so it's, it's pretty neat. And if you build this into the base of your objects, you can really make your development process so much smoother uh, and really give you the way to, you know, output different, different data for different uses and, you know, make your APIs more streamlined, but also just in general, if you want to, um, you know, hydrate your objects, it gives you a way to, you know, to, to do that. So pretty right. neat. And the Mementifier 2.0 uh, version focused a lot on integration into large ORM objects and keeping the performance really streamlined, um, even when grabbing nested relationships and the like. So definitely worth an upgrade. Very cool. Okay, so next on the list, we have some Adobe Roadshow. So last week, they had one in Sacramento. I uh, haven't heard anything about that one from anyone who attended yet. So if you attended, you drop us a line on Twitter or, or an email. I'd like to find out how it went. Um, but that was in Sacramento on the 11th. And then tonight on uh, the 18th, we're going to be in San Jose. So Adobe will be there. I think Alicia and Keisha will both be there. Um, so they'll be there in San Jose. And then on the 19th, we have one in Los Angeles and on the 20th in Orange County. So if anyone's going to be at the Orange County one, I'm actually going to be attending that one. So Gavin will be there. It's so, all the reason you need to attend. Yep. But um, the Orange County Confusion Meetup actually posted up on meetup.com. Um, so I shared the link in the, in the show notes as well. So if you want to, you can RSVP there. But they're actually going to have like a little, uh, you know, happy hour type thing, chit chat. And so there'll be like a little dinner time and then they'll do a presentation after that. So that's going to be at the Enclave Apartments House in Costa Mesa. 
But uh, again, there's one in Los Angeles and there's one in San Jose. So the show notes are there. And if you um, missed them, we had all this included in last week's show notes as well. So RSVP to Keyshore at Adobe.com if you're interested in going there. And uh, hopefully we'll see you guys there and give us an update and see how tell us how your one went. Awesome. Uh, in case you missed it, we wanted to bring attention back to the Fusion Reactor live stream. They live streamed their uh, 8.3 release. In the show notes, we'll have a link to the video. You can also find it by searching on YouTube. Uh, we at Ordis love Fusion Reactor. Uh, great tool. So go ahead and check out their new features and their latest version of their product. Yep, I got to see some of that last week after we finished recording. I went and watched that and... Uh... Um, yeah, it was a it was a good a good live stream for sure. A lot of cool features, um, and they actually talked about some of their other ones. I've got a huge uh, playlist of webinars they've done over the the last year or two. Um, so there's a lot of great content if you want to la- learn more about uh, Fusion Reactor. They have a, even a series on how to debug with it, so it sort of shows you the whole walkthrough process. Uh, I think it's pretty unique uh, and very cool. So definitely worth awesome. checking out. Um, I snuck one in here, Gavin, that I wanted to talk about. If anybody knows me, you know I'm a big fan of Tailwind CSS, the uh, utility CSS framework. The creators are working on UI components built with Tailwind and announced it is coming out next week. So we put the link to the tweet here. I had to put it up here, though, because it's really excited. I've been waiting for this for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a, a pretty cool framework. And what they're doing with Tailwind UI is awesome. Um, Adam Webb and Steve Sturger together um, worked really hard on the refactoring UI book. And if you haven't got it, uh, definitely recommend going checking that out. But the UI series builds on top of that. And yeah, it's it definitely looks like a great a great package and i'm looking forward to getting it for sure so if anybody's interested the creator of tailwind adam wavin he'll be uh live streaming him building their pricing page um at 2 p.m eastern so right after this podcast yeah and if you've ever been curious about what tailwind looks like or that workflow um no better place to find out by than by watching the guy who made it yeah, it's it's really cool watching him um, build pages, and he talks about why he does stuff certain ways and and whatnot. It's definitely very yeah. cool. So I, I really feel that those kind of videos and Tailwind in general help me really get a good handle on CSS and design. So, yep, your stuff looks good. I admit it. It's <laughs> close. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about some conferences. Yes. Uh, first conference coming up, we have Adobe CF Summit East. That's in Washington, D.C. on April 22nd. It is free. You can yeah. uh, sign up on, um, looks like Charlie's website. No, Air it's, events. actually it's not. <laughs> it's oh. Carasoft.com. Carasoft, sorry. Yeah, it's very similar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Charlie's, I always... Always get that mixed up there too. But if you go to coldfusion.adobe.com, their portal, there's a big advertisement for it right there, which is the easiest way to get to it. But um, caravents.carasoft.com has it there too. Um, but it's a little harder to, to spell and say. And so, but yeah, um, go register for that. Um, we actually have, uh, they actually have the schedule out now on the website, which is nice. Uh, our very own Luis Mahano will be there speaking as well. So uh, go say hi to him as well. But that also brings us to workshops. There's actually a couple of workshops around the CF Summit East in DC. So after the conference, Adobe is hosting their Cold Fusion Special Certification Program. So there's a one day, April 23rd, um, and that is $4.99 with the early bird discount. Uh, $6.99 if you wait until March to, to book that. So book early if you're going to do that. And they'll provide you with a, a series of video, uh, instructional videos to work through. There's sort of some homework that helps if you go through it. And then they have the one day actually in class where you get to sort of go over the, the more nitty gritty details. And then at the end of the day, you have a, a multiple choice quiz. And if you pass, you're certified. So uh, they had a great success at CF Summit, and so now they have it here at the CF Summit East. So if you haven't signed up, I recommend doing that. Uh, Get that Adobe Specialist Certification on your resume, and um, yeah, another good day of content there. 
Yeah. And as you're attending the conference and that post-conference certification, you can make it a week in DC and come to the pre-conference workshop that Ordis is giving. Uh, Luis Mahano is leading Build Secure MVC Cold Fusion applications, where you'll learn Coldbox from, from scratch, along with a lot of the uh, awesome modules that we use to really build secure and quickly in Cold Fusion. Yep. And if you listen to them, um, the Modernizer Die Conference Edition interview I did with Luis, he'll tell you there's a special bonus. If you sign up for that pre-conference workshop, you'll get something at Into the Box as well. So Ooh. if you go check that out, you'll hear from, from him himself. And um, we'll have more information. Uh, I'm still waiting to get the actual uh, information so I can share that. Last week, I told you a little more. But uh, go watch the interview, and he'll tell you more about it. But essentially, if you go to this workshop, you get a you know a discount on something into the box. So definitely worth doing then. It's uh, a little extra bonus value there. Speaking awesome. of into the box, we have that coming up in May in Houston. Texas uh, at the Woodlands and um, the Research Forest Drive. The Hyatt Place is a, a great venue, the same one as last year for those who attended. But uh, I'm looking forward to this conference, my favorite. Yeah, I mean, we are a little biased as we uh, organize and run that, but you can learn for yourself listening to the conference edition of Modernize or Die. Yeah, find out why you should go. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a, a lot of great content. We got a lot of great speakers. And now the website is updated with uh, a lot of the sessions. So if you go to intothebox.org, uh, you can actually go see some of the sessions. Uh, we've got some great community members. We've got Charlie Earhart, Pete Freitag. We've got Brian Klassen. We've got Jeff Klunkel. Uh, we've got Matthew Clemente. A lot of people you hear on the podcast all the time, a lot of those speakers. But we've also got some other ones too. So we've got um, uh, Joel Lord from uh, OpenShift, uh, Open Red Hat, uh, OpenShift, sorry. OpenShift from Red Hat. <laughs> um, so he'll be coming and talking about Kubernetes, and we've got some other uh, new speakers as well. So uh, go check out the the sessions. They're all available there, and we're updating more information, adding more descriptions. Uh, we're adding descriptions and workshops uh, outlines as well. So we're working on that, guys. There's a lot of great content coming to the site, but go check it out uh, and start planning your, your schedule. So I'm excited. Uh, there's a couple of couple of talks each, but it's nice to have more community members uh, presenting, and they're presenting about Odyssey stuff too sometimes, which is kind of nice to see someone else's take on our stuff, right? I know that uh, mm. Quick is your baby and QB, but we have uh, Sam Knowlton talking about uh, QB this year. So last year, Andrew yeah. Davis uh, took a stab at it, and uh, yeah, Sam uses QB and Quick both a lot, and so it'd be good to see sort of his experiences and you know his little tricks and maybe even a few uh, edit notes for you to make some changes. <laughs> Although he's not shy about telling you what he thinks, which is good as well. Yeah, I, I hope nobody's shy about telling me, and also about sending pull requests. Yeah. So, so, so go head to end of the box. You can still take advantage of some early bird pricing uh, on either the conference itself or we recommend coming to the workshops as well we have some amazing workshops that will be there before the conference so that's yep. may and you you can in houston and you can find more information into the box.org yep and then for those you just want to recap on those workshops so we have um Two days of workshops. You can take the two-day workshop, like Coldbox Zero to Hero, which I'll be running, or Coldbox Hero to Superhero will be the API edition by Luis. Or you could take the one-day workshops. Uh, on day one right now, we have Enter to BDD by Brad, Containerizing CFML Applications by John Paulson, Intro to Quick ORM by Eric Peterson. And then day two, we're repeating intro to BDD and containerizing CFML applications because they were the most popular ones last year. And then uh, we're adding CB Elasticsearch with uh, Michael Bourne and Eric will be uh, helping him a little bit in there too. And then Charlie's doing a troubleshooting common CF Lucy server challenges. So a lot of great uh, workshops there. Um, so um, make sure you register for those. We did actually have a couple sell out last year. So uh, we do limit the numbers to make sure the class is, you know, small and we can get the most, uh, you know, interactive experience and make sure everyone completes the material. So 
there is uh, limited space, but we're looking forward to having two days of that. Awesome. Um, well, this is a little late if you wanted to go because it's happening today, but Dev Nexus is happening right now. Shout out to Luis and Brad who, who are there um, comparing all the, the new stuff coming out in all the JVM languages and Java. So bring back to make some more awesome cold, fuel, cold fusion goodness. Yep. ViewConf is coming up here in um, March 2nd to 4th. Um, I don't think anyone from Waters is going to be there, but I know uh, Andrew Davis and Sam Knowlton were talking about going. So if anyone is going, uh, reach out to, to them. You know, maybe you guys could meet up and uh, just have a little cold fusion chit chat while you're there too. And then I expect you guys to report back on all the great stuff you see. Uh, Docker Online is another great conference you should consider uh, attending. Um, it is going to be virtual this year. So DockerCon is uh, available on docker.com slash DockerCon. And then if you're looking for more tech conferences, comps.tech has a huge list that you can go through and, and find. So highly recommend you check out that and find something in your area. But a lot of great conferences. Um, also, we'll be having CF Summit later in the year and CF Camp. We're still waiting on dates for those. That's why we didn't mention them. Um, but as soon as we have them, you will know. Okay. Awesome. Very cool. Okay. So next on the list, um, we have blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. So there's actually a few uh, tweets this week. Got pretty busy. And actually, we have a lot of great content this week. We had to move some of the blog posts about all the orders releases up into the news section just so we could fit them all on three pages. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So the, the first one's a tweet from uh, Ben Nadal and talking about, <laughs> I love the title, logical expressions that aren't so logical. <laughs> um, it was basically a very nested uh, if statement. Um, and he says, my brain died a little. This is why guard clause can be helpful. And I love guard statements myself um, and early returns. The idea is you throw an if of one small uh, piece of the logic and if it doesn't pass, you return out of the function and you just end there. It keeps your code from getting crazy indented or having, you know, a five line if statement. <laughs> yeah. And this tweet was good. You have to like read the whole chain because he talked about how he refactored it some, but he didn't want to touch it because it was scary. And he showed the person before <laughs> he touched it that probably worked on it. He says it doesn't look right. And then he tried to refactor it to make it better. And he showed him, he says, well, that definitely doesn't look right. So now he's got this code that they're using that they're not sure if how it was supposed to work in the first place. And I mean, and yeah. And he said the example he gave was actually a simplified, bitter looking version that he actually ran into. So it just shows you this scary code hiding everywhere, but uh, it was kind of interesting, a uh, little, little tweet thread there. So uh, check that out. It's kind of amusing way to start my day. So yeah. not the only one that have those problems. Even this, even the great <laughs> Ben Nadell. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And there was also a tweet from Kaylee. So she's a junior dev uh, in Canada. She's starting working with Cold Fusion. And so she said she did the scariest thing and wrote the practical dev post. Um, so she said it'll be a part of a, you know, a series. She said all spelling mistakes and incoherent thoughts are her own. Um, but she had some good hashtags on there. Woman who code, code newbie, cold fusion, dev community. So I reached out to her and, you know, welcomed her to the community, invited her to watch the podcast and, you know, tried to give her some links to some things that I thought would be useful. I told her we're not the biggest community, but, uh, you know, we, we do try to help out and, you know, big hearts. So, um, go say hello to her on Twitter, go check out her blog posts and maybe follow her. And, um, yeah, it's good to have, you know, new members in the dev community and hopefully we can be welcoming and, you know, grow our little community and yeah, make it better. So welcome. Right. The next one, uh, Ben blogged about adding, using the description field on fusion reactor track transactions. So if you've been following along this series, he's been, creating a cold fusion wrapper to use the fusion reactor API to add um, some custom instrumentation. These are things that will show up then in tracing and relations in your uh, fusion reactor dashboard. And this one is about co-opting the description field to put in 
whatever data he wants, including one with uh, some serialized JSON, which I definitely approve of. I thought that was awesome. Um, ben, I know you listen. I want all of these things that you're doing on this Cold Fusion wrapper released as a Forgebox module because every week I read what you do and I say, hey, I want that. I don't really want to build it since Ben just did, but I want that. <laughs> so just take it all, all that folder, put a box.json and box publish. That's all you need. So, <laughs> yep, that'd be good to share that. So, yeah, it's very cool. Uh, I know that we do this for some of our apps. Um, there's some cold box related stuff in there where we wrap uh, transactions so we can see different pieces of Infusion Reactor, and it's really handy. It's pretty cool. He did mention, though, that the API for the Fusion Reactor transaction class isn't documented in the Java docs. So, he's basically dumping out the transaction object and see what's there and playing with it. So, even more Wait. reason to release it been <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest how many of us haven't done that been like i don't know what i'm getting back let's just dump it out and see exactly so. it's one of those things that i love about cold fusion that other languages just you know it seems to be more of a struggle i mean i remember the um the cf dump javascript version that people wanted for so long and i think we actually have a blog post later about that but um yeah, it's one of those things that's just nice about a dump anything and get a nice struct out of it that you can, you know, click and expand and love it. Yeah. I also love thinking about this tracing um, because I, I think all of us have done this, but we put the, the code in that's like start time equals get tick count. And at the end, you're like, let's do a get tick count minus the start time. How long did that take? And you're pasting that code all over trying to figure out what's slow in your application when you could have just installed Fusion Reactor and maybe added a couple of these custom instrumentations and then you would have known. <laughs> yep. So another plug for Fusion Reactor. For sure. So this one's uh, an interesting one too. Brad just tweeted, uh, you know, retweet if you've ever accidentally used array contains instead of array find, but you'd never admit it publicly. So I think he's trying to get people to admit publicly what he just did today. So, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, for those of you who don't know the difference between array contains and uh, array find, go look because it might surprise you. Um, but yeah, a good little thread. Uh, a lot of guilty people raising their hands for that one, me included. Um, but yeah. Again, sometimes sharing your, your failures and vulnerabilities helps everybody else feel better about themselves because we've all made mistakes. So, you know, can't laugh at yourself. What can you do? Right. The one I, I thought when the, I saw that tweet was I wanted to raise my hand for array contains versus array contains no case. That one gets me every time. Yep, and I uh, so. did a code review of a client the <laughs> other day and showed them the code checker CLI tool and how we have a whole section of the no case uh, tests. And so basically you can run it on your code and it'll show you all the occurrences of something where you use the case insensitive version where you might have meant to use the case insensitive version that you're probably expected. So right. yeah, there's a whole selection of functions that have that no case added on for sure. Next up, we got a, a trio of posts from James Moberg. I believe some of these are reposting from an old Tumblr blog, but it's always great to bring these up again. Um, the first one was a ColdFusion function to identify test credit card numbers. Um, because different when you're integrating with all these different pay, payment merchants, they give you a test number you need to, to use instead of obviously using a real credit card. And this was a little function to do, identify those. Yeah, very cool. Again, real helpful. Um, I like these little UDFC sharing. I know that some of them are on Forgebox, some of them aren't. Some of them used to be on Reaforge or whatnot. So we keep bugging James about making sure everything's on Forgebox. <laughs> he's, he's doing pretty good about it, I admit. He's, he's getting there. Yeah. So thanks, see, James. I think Brad has his little three steps, right? Package init, bump major, publish, and then you're done. <laughs> well, really, we should just have a, a, a command that just does it all together. There you go. <laughs> uh, the next one on his list, um, James also talked about converting CSV files to ColdFusion query objects using ColdFusion and OpenCSV. And this was uh, definitely was a repost from 2013 because he's talking about having issues with ColdFusion 8, 9, and 10. Hopefully, you're still not using Ooh. 8, 9, and 10 too much, uh, except for maybe keeping a legacy server alive while you can. But um, yeah, so basically, they had issues reading files, created um, CSV files created from Excel. 
but uh, using this Java library, um, you could basically pass it and convert it, um, and it converts it to a two-dimensional array and then into a query. So uh, nice little nice little object, or sorry, UDF there. So again, if you need something like that, that's a great little tool. And then the third one is the JavaScript version of that ColdFusion CF dump that I mentioned. Uh, again, I think this is a repost as well. Um, but yeah, basically it allows you to, you know, use the CF dump in, in JavaScript. So it's, yeah. it's pretty neat. I mean, like I say, we kind of get spoiled with uh, the ColdFusion one. And we'll all do console log, you know, JavaScript variables, but it's not quite the same. You're right. I think they even made it look like a cold fusion dump, which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, and I, I appreciate James putting these over. He's posting these over on the practical dev or dev.2. And I appreciate it because it brings it up to more people that, you know, cold fusion isn't dead. There's people around still, uh, not just still using it, but doing modern things with it. So, yep. It's definitely a big thing we've got to push these days. And, yeah, a lot of this content we have, it's great, but it's hard to find sometimes. And that's one of the reasons we built this podcast is so we could share it and give you guys a curated list of things we think you need to check out. So this one's a little different. Um, ben Adele is talking about using XL, XSLT and XML transformations to bring his uh, blog's RSS feed to an HTML page. So... When I read this, I'm like, oh my gosh, just bring back memories and not very good ones, to be honest, dealing with XML and XL, XSLT. So, but um, for those of you who care, <laughs> showing you how you can basically style a XML um, document using the XSLT. So styling was basically an XML style sheet. Um, so he, he did some pretty cool stuff of it. Uh, interesting but I'm glad I don't have to do that type of stuff anymore, to be honest. <laughs> and he said it's, right. been, it's been 11 years since he had to, you know, look look at it too. So, yeah. But if, if you want to make your uh, RSS feeds look a little nicer, you know, check out this blog. Or if you're just interested in all the different acronyms he managed to fit in the title, go ahead and look at the blog. <laughs> For sure. Um, another tweet from Brad Wood. This one's interesting. He asked if anybody else had noticed some bugginess in the latest Java 8 update. Uh, the uh, update 242 came out this January, and we've seen a few command box issues since then. Yeah, um, so my I ran into this um, on a couple of projects. And so what happened was, is if you're running Lucy 5.2.9, which was the default Lucy engine and command box 4.8, um, you're running, everything's working fine for months because it's been stable for a long time. Everything's working. All of a sudden servers just don't start and you have no idea why. And so um, if you have the Java the Java source in your J server to JSON, Command Box will automatically download new versions as it comes out, which is a great feature until you get one like this that brings out a bug. And so I couldn't even figure out what was causing it and we had to upgrade from 5.2.9 to 5.3. Um, and so that got past that problem. But yeah, the update was the actual issue. So the update, there's something in it where it would just really spaz out. And so uh, a lot of people have been complaining and Brad dug into it and figured out that it was the Java 8 update 242. So, so yeah, I think he's got a couple of tickets and related tweets where he, he found and people are voting and whatnot. But, um, but yeah, so two things there. Updating your Java inside of your server JSON is cool. You get the latest version all the time. But like most things, if you don't pin stuff, you can get versions popping up that you don't even know changed and it can cause you some headaches. So same with your box.json, um, you know, look at pinning versions if you want to make sure you're getting the most relevant one or well, not the most relevant one, but the stable one you're, you know, you've tested on uh, is a big thing. And I know that actually right. brings up your whole, we're talking about box lock files. Uh, we talked about privately last week too. So, box.json yeah. may have a box box.json file coming sometime soon for this type of thing so yeah the general idea is you know use use the version that makes sense but also have a nice pipeline that's checking you know if you if you are having automatic updates in semantic version ranges that at least is running all your tests so you can catch these right anybody with a a, a pipeline that got automatically updated to this 242 update like your builds failed, 
So, and you had to go find out where your builds failed, but at least your app didn't go down. So, <laughs> yep. Very cool. All righty. Um, on the subject of Brad and Command Box, the Command Box 5.0 release candidate is available. So, with Lucy 5.3 going stable, and we were able to release the first release candidate for Command Box 5. Now, the thing that most people will take away from this is Java 11 support. So if you tried to use Java 11 and Command Box uh, 4. whatever, you'd get this nice error on startup um, saying it couldn't do anything. So now you can go ahead and update the Command Box 5, use Java 11, Lucy 5.3. We need your help testing. Uh, there's a lot of workflows out there for Command Box, and we can't test them all. So please update to the release candidate. You can do it straight from Command Box using the upgrade dash dash latest command. It'll send you to a link to download that. So. Yep, I know it's been a long time coming. Brad's been uh, putting a lot of great features in here. They've been doing a lot of testing, but yeah, we need your help for sure. So yeah. jump um, on You that. can go read that on the Ordis blog. To paraphrase one bit, uh, it, there's, it is a major bump because there was a lot of underlying dependencies that had major bumps, but you really shouldn't see any uh, major compatibility issues. It's mostly in the underlying libraries like Lucy, some of the Java libraries. So go ahead and update. Let us know if you run into any snags so we can get 5.0 going stable soon. Yep, for sure. Cool. Uh, obviously, we've talked to podcasts a little bit today. Uh, CFA Live released their number 102. 102 episodes. Crazy. So Cold Fusion and Biz, the latest trends in CF Consulting with... Uh, is it Hobie John? I'm not sure if you pronounce the J as a J or an H or, but, um, so he's, uh, basically interviewed by Michaela light and that podcast is available on terratech.com. So. Awesome. We had uh, another, uh, a fun little Ordis blog post this week for Valentine's day, talking about what we love about CFML. So oh, I'm not going to spoil it there. You can go check it out and see. Uh, the fun part was all of us came from different areas in coming to CFML. So it's kind of fun to read that. Yeah, for sure. We have another blog post from Nathan Strutz. It's not specifically related to Cold Fusion, but I thought uh, his latest blog post being real relevant to programmers in general. And his one this week was called programming is hard and he's like maybe you don't remember but let us remind us all how hard programming is and i think we have to you know remember and go back and i think that's the biggest problem we have with programming is that everybody once they're good at it forgets how hard it was you know once you learn something it's easy it's, it's one of those things where sometimes we underestimate how hard something is to learn so you and know. not only that but he mentions that each subject that you have to learn inside programming, you know, each uh, like the business itself and relating that to programming, that's hard too. So each new project, each new requirement, it's a hard thing. So give yourself a break and give others a break too. We're all, we're all doing something hard. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I was thinking about it. Something, somebody yesterday, their programmer in another, another world almost, um, and they wanted to, you know, ask me about Electron apps because they don't do web development. They just they do old school access development. And I was thinking, oh, okay, well, yeah, you could just get Quasar, run some Vue.js, and uh, and I was like, wait a minute, then you need to worry about you know like linting tools and you've got webpack and you've got all this crazy stuff wrapping stuff up in electron and then we got to worry about oh well depending on where you're releasing it to what databases you're supporting is it no sql or you know sql light on that i'm like something which i thought was really simple when i thought about it i mean they've got to go learn about 12 different things <laughs> um, right. so yeah so that was just a, an interesting reminder. But yep, programming is hard and there's way more to, to think about than you really think. Cool. We had another new CFML coder uh, tweeting this week, uh, Aubrey Fletcher. Um, Brad was, was helping them online and uh, they said, CFML is totally interesting. And I'm reading the 100 Minutes book and it's interesting how code works and how, and I am using Command Box. Um, so 
yeah, they were diving into the CFML. And so Brad sent a whole bunch of resources through and we invited them to watch the podcast too. So maybe they're listening if they are. Yeah. Cool. I think I saw. Yep. Here he is. <laughs> yeah. So he's, hey. in the, he's in the chat. So, <laughs> yep. So <Shout> out. <laughs> he's watching now. So, yeah. So cool. Welcome to the community. Um, we, you know, we try to help out everybody. So if you've got any questions, speak up and, uh, yeah, hope you're enjoying it. Okay, uh, we talked about this a bit, but if you go to the Ordis blog, you can get some more information on that second webinar this year, containerizing CFML applications with John Clausen. Um, so we'll just remind you that's February 27th at 11 a.m. Eastern. Cool. Um, Benny Dell had another blog post. This was the previous one about dynamically instrumenting cold fusion component methods with fusion reactor track transactions. Um, so this really talks about how, you know, the fun part of cold fusion is how dynamic it is, um, you know, using stuff like on missing, missing, on missing method and get function called name, etc. You can make cold fusion do almost anything. And so, um, this helper component he made, uh, really helps get in there and those tra transactions. So, um, so this was awesome. You, you gotta go read this blog post. Um, because I'm a big fan of on missing method and all these things. And so he basically just says, okay, take this whole component and and look at all these methods and throw them in Fusion Reactor. And it got me thinking, cold boxes a lot with the metadata. What if I could just throw a metadata tag on a function to instrument it? You know, and through Wirebox, it's AOP processing. All of a sudden it's instrumented that one. So Ben, please release this as a package. I will add that for you. <laughs> that would be pretty dang cool <laughs> right yeah i like the metadata approach to a lot of things you know keeps everything where it needs to be so cool and there was a, a more of a marketing tweet from epicenter consulting and for those who don't know that's benedale's consulting company so um, envision app is a, an app that they built but epicenter consulting is the consulting company um, and they just tweeted saying, Cold Fusion may not be mainstream these days, but it's still an efficient, powerful, and evolving coding language. A lot of companies are upgrading and optimizing their outdated Cold Fusion sites and moving towards newer options. Where does this leave you? In very good hands. Um, so it's just a, you know, they're a, a good company. They've got a, a lot of good Cold Fusion developers there. So that tweet just sort of reminded us of that. And just good to know that there's you know still a lot of good companies out there doing a lot of good work so okay it's uh time to talk about the coding challenge of the month we are a little more than halfway through the month and as a reminder there is a 25 dollars gift card on the line for the lucky winner so yep. here's how you enter there's the cfml challenge app on forgebox you can go search for that right now on forgebox.io and if you get all the tests to pass, you are entered into that drawing for the gift card. Yep. So we're going to announce uh, how to submit that um, coming up soon. I'm going to do a, a little live stream later um, on my YouTube channel. So if you guys want to do this and you're having trouble figuring out where to go or whatnot, I'm going to walk through that. So uh, we'll put a link in the show notes to my video there. So I'll show you how to get to Forgebox, find the challenge app, install it, and sort of give you the rundown of how it works. So um, I'm we'll be releasing that sometime this uh, in the next couple of days here. So um, once we're done with that, hopefully me and Michael can uh, make some time to get our little um, process set up for submitting it. So what we want to do is actually have you make a pull request with your code and we're going to have our pipeline run the test to see if you actually completed them or not. So that's the goal. Um, time is the, the, the challenge, but we will have it ready by the end of the uh, end of it. So hopefully next week we can have that, and that way you've got time to submit your your, your solution there by pull request. So uh, we'll go and uh, hopefully get that ready. But check it out. It's really simple to start with. We just want to get people, you know, downloading it, using it, um, and then we might come up with some harder challenges for next month. So, but definitely go check it out. So CFML challenge app on Forgebox. Awesome. Let's move on and talk about the CFML jobs this week. Uh, as always, you can find all of the jobs that we talk about and more at getcfmljobs.com. 
Right now, there's over 35 CFMO positions from 25 companies across 24 locations and in five countries. Yep. So a couple of the highlights we have, um, so these are all full-time positions for Cold Fusion developers. The first one is in uh, Chennai, Tamil Nadu, India. There's one, there's a remote developer for a senior Cold Fusion developer. That's been my favorite. I love working remote. And then uh, one in for an Adobe and Cold Fusion developer in Tempe, Arizona. Very cool. So yeah, it's three jobs uh, posted in the last week there, and there's a lot more listed on the site. So go check that out. And it's a CFML project as well, which is pretty neat. A community member made it. Um, so thank you for that. And yeah, if you guys have any other positions, let us know, and we can uh, try and advertise them on the podcast for you too. So that leads us to our Forgebox module of the week. And this time, since Eric is here, we'll let him talk about his quick Tailwind Inertia template. Alrighty. So I gave a webinar at the end of January about Inertia.js, which is a library to kind of use the modern front-end frame, JavaScript frameworks as your view layer with Coldbox. So you don't have to give up all the things you love about Coldbox, and you don't even need an API. Um, so there's a little bit of setup. It's not terrible, but I hate setup. And so I created a Forgebox template, or a Coldbox template, excuse me, that will bring down the Coldbox scaffolding and all the files you need and all the modules you need. So it's also very opinionated because I thought life is too short to build everything from scratch. So it also comes out of the box with Quick and Tailwind setup, as well as Inertia. Um, has CB auth, CB guard, so you can log in and create users right from the beginning. Um, so it can also be a nice little uh, demo app if you wanted to see how those things work together. You can download it, start up a database, and register and log in users without making any code changes. So to get started, when you use a Coldbox create command, you can provide a skeleton, and you just point it to this slug, CB template, quick, tailwind, inertia. I know it's long, but you can find it also on uh, Forgebox. And that will download all the dependencies, all the scaffolding, and you'll be ready to go without having to wire it up yourself. Very cool. Yeah. A lot of people um, don't know about the Coldbox create functions, and it's it's a pretty cool little uh, you know feature the scaffolding we have. And yeah, if you're creating an app and you just pointed a skeleton, we have several skeletons, but that's a great way to get started and a good idea for setting it up that way, Eric. Yeah, thanks. Cool. So uh, again, that's up on Forgebox, so Forgebox.io, and you can look for quick tailwind inertia. Uh, I'm sure if you just search inertia, it'll probably come up. But yeah. Yeah, so very cool. So thanks for that, Eric, for yeah. contributing and also telling us about it. Okay, and next we have our VS Code hint, tip, and trick of the week. And this week um, we actually have to do tree, and uh, Grunt Fugly is the person who <laughs> built that one. Uh, they have almost four hundred thousand <laughs> installs. It's at five stars right now. Uh, and this one is one that's new to me. I don't actually use it. You've used it, so you want to tell us a little bit yeah. about it? So um, I like the to-do comment. Maybe that makes me a bad person and I should put them in some sort of ticket tracker. But when I'm going through code and I'm like, okay, I think this is fine. I'm going to throw a to-do in here. Usually it's things like, this is a magic number. I probably should have like a lookup table or a method or something like that. Um, anyways, the to-do tree puts a nice little box at the bottom of VS Code that lets you see through your folder structure all to-do tags in it. So you can quickly look, OK, where do I have to-dos in this project? Jump to them, see if it's something that you can fix right now. So yeah, that's to-do tree. Cool. Let me jump over to a screenshot of that page. So I don't know if those of you who are watching, uh, you can see there's a little to-do panel, and you'll see the little to-dos here. And you'll see that it's highlighted on the right-hand side. But on the left-hand side, you can see the little tree of all the files and what's in there. So pretty neat. Very cool. Awesome. I think that brings us to the end, Gavin. 
Yep, so now it's the time for us to mispronounce all of our Patreon supporters. But mispronounce <laughs> with love. Yep. We do care. Actually, Eric <laughs> beforehand even asked me how to pronounce a couple of them, and he even looked them up online and tried to get the appropriate pronunciation. So we do care. We may be terrible, but at least we try. <laughs> but uh, thank yeah. you for everyone who uh, you know, supports all of our Autis, uh, open source projects. And um, this podcast is a big part of that. And we're, we're actually making a, a bit of a push on our Patreon here. We're trying to, you know, get our support up to a certain level to be able to fully fund the, the podcast. Obviously we're doing more podcasts now. We're trying to get that information out. And so your support is, you know, greatly appreciated. Uh, we're going to try and, you know, work hard to reach that goal. We'll be adding some more, uh, levels to our Patreon account too, which makes more sense for, um, you know, podcast listeners. Right now, uh, our Patreon has been, you know, supported for more commercial sort of projects. So we have a few small packages, but most of them are higher end. So we're adding some smaller ones too to be able to get you out there and, uh, and help us out. So hopefully you guys can, you know, reach out and help and, uh, you know, continue making this podcast a possibility. So For Eric, sure. you want to roll through them? Yes, let's do this. Thank you so much to Andrew Davis, Brian White, Carl Van Stetten, Dali, Dan Card, Daniel Garcia, David Bellinger, DJ Lesnicki, Don Bellamy, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Jan Yannick, Jeremy Adams, John Farrar, Jordan Clark, Joseph Lamary, Laxma Titrohadi, Matthew Clemente, Richard Herbert, Samuel Knowlton, Scott Steinbeck, VJ, and Yogesh Mathur. Thank you all. Yep, we really appreciate it. And before we sign off here, I'm just going to check the chat. Um, Aubrey said thanks so much for uh, the welcome. And then Mark actually said there's a pull request for the CFML Challenge app. There's an issue. So I will <laughs> look at that and fix that so you guys can uh, take you know, basically make sure that that's working for you. So I will, uh, I will look at that and try and get that live. Uh, we'll stream out for you guys and record it and put it up on YouTube as well. So, but thanks everybody for joining us. It's, uh, been a busy week, lots of great content and, uh, looking forward to, to more great stuff coming your way as well. We'll see you guys later. Thanks everybody. Have a great week. Bye now. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Bluetree Audio.